1: back to Willow Rose podcast. Uh, yeah, you alright Rog? How you doing mate?
2: Oh, I'm not too bad to be honest, I've been speaking a lot today so my voice is a bit more strained than it usually is but I'm, I'm not too bad, you said Yeah, loving it
1: mate. Seb, good? You alright
3: mate? Mm, not good, no. No, I, I haven't had a good weekend. I um, spent most of my Saturday evening listening to Velvet Underground in the dark. <laughs> Um I don't know. Yeah, it got pretty low. If I'm honest,
1: makes you uh, makes you realise that maybe being thirty isn't the worst thing in the world. That there are there are worse things to life than being thirty. Um, I know. I'm not. We're not actually allowed to talk about this. So I'm gonna. You know, we, we did promise. Told by Rosa. We got slapped on the wrist by Rosa. So we're not. We're not going to go there. Um, let's get it out of the way. Timothy Sherwood. He he came to White Hart Lane. And he left the victor on uh, on this occasion at least uh, no no real positives from that game are the lads
2: have you seen that video of Madonna kissing Drake
3: yeah
2: I, I, I have you I, seen his? I, have you seen his reaction afterwards where it looks like he's physically about to throw up
1: yeah because I saw the stills and I was wondering at first if this was like one of these kind of out of context stills that that had been, you know, that it had been engineered to make it look like he'd reacted that way after Madonna had kissed him. But he legitimately reacts that way immediately after she kisses him, doesn't
2: he? Yeah, it looks like a primary school kid when like he, he thinks a girl's gonna give him Lurgy. But that that physical reaction of him looking like he's about to throw up is how I felt when I kept checking the score and, and half watching the game at work and saw that they'd lost and um I was not at all pleased when the goal went in. There was an occasion in which a keyboard came very close to perishing under both of my fists. Um, And I don't imagine people have been all too pleased with that occurring. So I managed to, I think I just punched my knee instead. But I I, I thought even a goal down, they'd get back into it. But from even half watching the game, and I haven't, I confess, when when I'm working and have to do another game or Tottenham are playing, I usually endeavour to watch the full ninety minutes back, um, purely for my own sanity and and being able to make sense of what's happened, and so that I'm I'm actually speaking from some sort of level of authority on this. But I, I haven't had the heart to do it. I've had deleted the file off my computer. I was I, I'm not even going to attempt to to sit through it because from everything I've I've heard from the the passages of play I saw. From you know, just the the, the the substitutions tell their own tale. The fact that you're you're bringing on DeAndre Red, Yedlin for his debut to try and save a game against Tim Sherwood, you can tell that it was desperate. So it it just it seemed like an extension of the Burnley performance, it was which some, is exactly what we didn't want. And yeah. I was uh, I was I was not at all pleased. Uh, I mean, it's nothing against Aston Villa. I mean, as a club, they they probably um, they're probably better off not going down, but. The man in which is their manager, the, the dislike we all hold for him, and the fact that you know we'd we'd spoken so much about looking forward to beating him, the fact that that wasn't able to come to pass was uh, extremely disappointing.
1: I liked how uh, after the game, Raj, because uh, I, I, I couldn't resist that that picture cropped up. Um, it was Sam Tai that posted it of. Sherwood just grinning like a Cheshire cat in the in the post match press conference, and I just I, I just I knew you would, would, you would be the one that would take the biggest objection to that, and I, I mms that to mms Christ. Uh, <laughs> All I sent, right, I sent that to you as a picture <laughs> message, and your response of would rather you'd sent me a picture of your dick. And it's just <laughs> was was fitting. Um, uh, I, 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 I just to. Apply my mature, if it exists, human begrudging kind of head on this. On a on a kind of just on that on the base level, you, you kind of have to think. You know, going back to your old employers and kind of sticking it to them like that, you've got to like think that he must be top of the fucking world at the moment, Sherwood. Like that is that's like dream scenario for him, isn't it? And it's so. Horrible that it has to happen against us. Like it just, oh, but it, it was just, it was written, wasn't it? Come on, it was, it was, I know you guys want to accept it and I'm kind of doing an inadvertent told you so, but I'm not going to be as, you know, blatant about it as some might be, even though I'm kind of doing that right now. Um, but it was, it was, it was just, it was there. It was in the stars. It was, oh, the film narrative would have painted him as this, heroic champion whereas we were like the evil embittered kind of you know baddie in this tale um but it's not that's, that's not the case is it um it's not the case at all i mean it, it, there's been a as you'd expect a pretty negative reaction on twitter <laughs> after this result um and it seems the cat cries. I mean, Pochettino out, for example, was trending in the UK um, after the game, which I think a lot of that you have to attribute to the fact it was Sherwood that we lost to. So, you know, there's always going to be that silly reductionist kind of opinion that, you know, old manager beats new manager, thus old manager equals better, which quite clearly isn't the case. Um, But is there, you know, can people, and this is me just playing devil's advocate, can people legitimately feel that we haven't made any progress under Pochettino to see him losing to the old manager? Is, is there any way we can look at it that way at all, do you reckon, Seb?
3: No, I don't think so. I, I, and this is, this, is, this is a real problem because I reckon now that... Um, take the, the Sherwood thing out of it for a minute. And, you know, what, in 2015, it's almost like having to deal with a reaction that comes after this kind of loss is actually worse than the loss itself. Yeah. Because I remember watching the game and, and um I I mean I, I when Bentaki scored I knew how the game was gonna finish. Just because not not necessarily because of the fate of the whole show or thing, but just because it's just yours, how we played <laughs> which I have <which> never <laughs> revealed to either of you before. Um which it, it just we didn't create anything. We we had that one chance with Danny Rose when he um, when uh, Guzan saved with his feet but it was just, everything about the way we played was slow and deliberate and obvious and it was just it very much looked like we were you know, two or three years below what Villa were trying to do and there was just no pace to anything we were trying to, we were trying, to trying to do and it was um it was just so bleak and I uh, I, 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 I don't want to sound bitter and although I'm inevitably going to but it's not the kind of performance that you either particularly praise Showard for, because they, Villa played well, but you know they, we, it's not really the story. Our players just aren't where they need to be. Um, looked at the changes that Pochettino made during the game um, and the alterations to the shape and the structure, and it's exactly what anyone would do in that situation. Uh, introduced an extra forward, you know, tried, to, uh, tried to give a little bit of support to Harry Kane, the last 20 minutes or so. And it just didn't work. And I, I think we can't have this situation every time people get disappointed where the manager must be sacked immediately. Because if you go back to any of the losses this season um, that have happened at White Hart Lane, then you'll see exactly the same reaction. You know, whether it be... I think one. Sorry, go ahead, mate. I
1: was just going to say, one, one thing uh, I've noted lately is it owing to kind of like the failings of some of the teams above us um, and the fact that we have performed really well for a large part of the season, I almost feel that like the supporter expectation has shifted slightly because it seemed to be that there was a groundswell of opinion at the start of the season that this season's a bit of a write-off, that, you know, what happens happens. We give this new manager now time. We let him... Bed in a squad. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: quite. Quite. We let him bed in a squad and we we see how best we can perform under the circumstances. And the sue us. <laughs> the financial constraints that were potentially, you know, agreed upon or placed upon the manager for his first season after the failings of the big summer splurge the year before, that, you know, we, we we're going to see what happens here. Um, it doesn't really matter about the the end of the season because this is now, this is the start of the project. But yeah. because we've gotten within touching distance of that top four, people just kind of want to really push us. So I, I can't concentrate so Raj. You're throwing me off here, mate. I hurt myself.
4: Today. This is pretty much saying more than I can uh, do,
1: succinctly at least.
2: Sorry, I was just going through. This is my Sherwood playlist. Sorry, Sorry. <laughs> um,
1: just that, you know, people's expectations have changed and I think it's it's important to, to, to try and rein it back to how we felt at the start of the year and not how we feel as a result of the season kind of changing yeah I, um, I,
3: I think that's a really good point though that, that 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 um that sort of free hit mentality that you brought up because a lot of the people that you know around september october are going yeah you know it's all they say for that. let's just see what happens you now come april and all of a sudden you want to sack the manager because if you know an individual 90 minutes or you know a series of games after a cup final hasn't quite lived up to your expectation and it's just what annoys me is not Necessarily the persecution of the manager, it's just the kind of the god's just... <laughs> <For fuck's>
1: sake, <laughs> Go on, Sam. keep keep try and keep it going, mate. I can't, it's too distracting <laughs>
2: been relegated or something it's
3: that people ignore (laughs) everything else that's happened within the rest of the season you're telling me you wouldn't say here you go you can have four points off Arsenal you can score five at White Hart Lane against Chelsea and you can go to a cup final and you can have a whole series of, of wonderful last minute moments and then you're willing to trade all of that in for a bad 90 minutes in a jarring situation against someone we all absolutely loathe and someone who loves that we loathe him, and then it's it's horrible. And I salt with the best of them throughout Saturday evening, and I I couldn't even talk to you guys in the WhatsApp group. I just wasn't ready when you were having your your end of game chat. Um, but you've got to just you you just got to be smarter than that as a fan. You've got to look at everything that exists at the club. You look at where the club is going. And you've got to look at everything that has developed from August to this point now, rather than just say, "Right, we were shit against Phillips, so fuck it, bulldoze the stadium." I just don't, I can't, I, I haven't got the, the heart to battle that mentality anymore. It's just so foolish.
1: It's, I, I don't know. It's, it is really strange. It's, um, I, I don't know. I put out the other day, and I was, I was semi-fishing, but there was, I wasn't fully fishing. I don't know. I was like, I was, I was, I was fishing with like a bamboo cane and a piece of string, if you like. <laughs> uh, if I can bring in some kind of like fishing metaphor to this, in that I, I, you
2: don't I, fish, do you, Joe?
1: No, I don't. I actually I hate it. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I think it's evil. Um, evil, I tell you. Uh, but I, I, I think Pochettino with, what, with what's been given to him has overperformed. And I, I got I got I got fucking read the Riot act by James Moore for saying that actually. Um, in that you know it was just like, well that's not a quantifiable thing to say because we've achieved par from what we got last year and blah blah. And I, I see that side of things. But in terms of like perhaps some some of the non tangibles, you can say that, you know, we've we've established a core that Pochitina has given Pretty much the majority of the first team squad a fair and ample chance to prove themselves. And they have, you know, proved in kind whether they will or won't fit his system or his philosophy. I know you that you don't like that one, Seb, from your from your piece name no. But you know, his 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 method, shall we say, or at least what he wants to bring to the team. Um I don't know. <laughs> I like that you're getting the pitch bend on there as well, Raj, to circumnavigate um, rights issues. Knew, well, it's, it's not the Diana version. I I think,
2: one, right, <laughs> yeah, I've got the one live from a funeral.
1: Yeah, it seems me you laugh. I saw him last year actually, Elton. He was very, very good. Oh, I've great. always
2: wanted to see Elton John live. He he played um. He played Huddersfield when it was back when it was the uh, Alfred McAlpine, but I were, uh, I were too young to go at the time.
3: Um, yeah, you I know,
4: guess that's why they call it the blues. I'll tell you, if you
3: get the chance, I um, he, he he's great, love. I went to um, a couple of years ago. I was in Vegas with my dad, and we were went... fucking. hell, this is a story start from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the most uneventful Vegas this story. This is the ever. story of
1: my facial tattoo. But um. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But he um he was. I've just got
2: a picture of Dad seven his 70s dad making it rain
3: <laughs> in
2: some bar together back to back.
3: No, it was it was a very restrained Vegas trip. But um, we did get to see uh, Elton John live, and he um he was in residence. So proper
2: there. boys night out that.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's brilliant. He if any if you get the chance, he's um I'm not usually a fan of of, of seeing big artists, and also of paying big artists money to go and see them. Um, but he's definitely worth
2: it. Where did he go after that Liberace?
3: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Barry Manilow, perhaps. Who else has got it? Celine Dion, she's got a Celine Vegas Dion residency. was there. Uh, Britney.
3: Um,
1: was it before Britney? Yeah. David Copperfield?
3: No, we went to see so- yeah. Soleil, which was incredible.
2: <laughs> <He's> the- <laughs> this is a great, great trip. Helen, John and Soleil. Oh,
3: loved it. Absolutely loved it. <laughs>
2: like, a, of, I, I, a, a, a bloke I used to work with
1: I believe I know that's the old throwaway line um, some bloke, <laughs> insert, some bloke that not. I knew went um, to, to Sir du under the influence of magic mushrooms and said it was one that of was the most incredible. terrifying experiences of his life I might have actually just stolen that from a film I think I don't even think that's a bloke I think that's no, from uh, Getting to the Greek
2: there's one from uh, maybe the person is,
1: that told me that stole it from the film because I'm pretty sure someone um, told me that
2: there's one uh, where um, my mates once uh, gave uh, another one of our pals um, hallucinogenics on bonfire night, and he thought that the fireworks were following him, and uh, it was uh, one of the funniest <laughs> things you've ever seen. <laughs> him running away from fireworks that are nowhere near him.
1: Dear God. Um, so you know, Pochettino, he's he's. He, it's not uh, right if we are to in any way critique Pochettino because I, I I can understand it. I think. A lot of the frustration does come from people believe that just because you're not gonna jump on the manager's back, you feel that there's you know, they they believe that people that aren't kind of like laying into Pochettino after every defeat feel that he's completely infallible, that oh, they're just brainwashed because he's this young foreign bloke and he ain't some cockney, so that means they just love him. I mean do you, uh, do you have it, anyone in, if...
3: in, 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 in specific in mind when you do that voice, Jack?
1: <laughs> I, 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 there's there's several, candidates, blend, several candidates. A blend of characters that we know. Yeah, a blend of, blend of characters and personas and <laughs> what have you. Happens. But it's, it's a, you know, if, if you had to kind of appropriate any sort of blame or criticism of what Pochettino's done this year, is there anything that immediately springs to mind for either of you?
3: Defence. I think the defense is very chaotic. Um, I love a lot of what we do on the pitch, but I am, um, I, if you take and this is this is this is nothing against Michel Vaughan because he wasn't to blame for anything that happened on Saturday. Um, but if you if you take Hugo Lloris out of our season, it starts to look very bad indeed. I think because he. Um, yeah.
2: He's our best player, though. You could say that about any No, thing. but... If you, remove a, it, he, if you remove the best player from any, any squad...
3: He is our you, best player, if you, but he, If you take
2: De Gea from, from Man United...
3: Yeah, well, that, that's definitely true as well. But if you... if you With Lloris, I mean, he, he is our best player, and, and I agree. But the amount of chances we give up is amazing. Um, I mean, I forget the amount of goals we've actually conceded, but the amount of times that... Uh, having you know your best player doing good things in a match as part of football, of course it is. But the amount of times we've had to rely on Lloris to do something exceptional in the last few minutes of a game or during a game to put us in a position to, to win it. I mean, think of um, think of Leicester on Boxing Day when they battered us. <laughs> Let's be fair. Um, yeah. I mean, we, I've seen enough Pochettino to to completely believe in what he's doing, but if there's there has to be an improvement somewhere then it is in that era because though at times Vertonghen and Dyer have looked like a really good partnership but at times some of the other combinations and actually Vertonghen and Dyer have just looked like they they've never met I mean it, it's do you think just,
1: that's a bit of a, a, a an over-reliance Dare I say on Dyer at the moment because a little bit it seems yeah. as though like he, 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 yeah he was making these kind of like fleeting appearances here and there and really impressed every time he did so I think we said on here, you know, we, we've, we,
3: that he was impressive
1: yeah and we've cha- we've champions like Pochettino's meritocracy and all this kind of stuff that if Dyer's earned his place on the side then he deserves to play but then on the other side this is like a really young and still very inexperienced defender yeah. who is now playing elite level football right yeah you know, the Premier League if you want the, by elite level I mean one of the the top five leagues in the world um, and he's playing against like some really fucking good teams week in, week out now um, it, it, it may be that it is a bit too much too soon that you need to kind of blood him in a bit more slowly he's not going to give this up is he? this is the raggediest
3: podcast we've ever recorded
2: I never realised how long the intro to Knocking on Heaven's Door was. Oh, it's one of my
3: favourites, that great bit of Dylan. Um, Dyer is, um, I I think that's true. I I think actually maybe the defence is sort of... (laughs) For fuck's sake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I I was
2: only doing it to hand him up that time.
3: um, Sorry.
2: (laughs) i all Bates, you're
1: getting yakety sacks later, mate. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Uh... I'm 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 piling them with the yakety sacks. No one can be unhappy listening to the yakety sacks. Fuck it. Here we go. it's going to go on now. I don't even think this is it, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so you can't be unhappy with this on in the background. You can, mate. It's quite, it's quite a good Tim Sherwood theme this as well. So you're not going to do it, are you, mate? You're not going to lend your voice to the appity sacks, are you? I'm not going to do it. I'm not <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. My phone is down. I'm not gonna play
3: it. <laughs> I um. <laughs> I. I'm not going to. I'm going to recover my poise. Um, I think that the diet is um. I think Dyer's is a really good player, and at times we we seen he, he can be a very composed defender. But I think it's fair to say that you know, no one really thought he'd be playing as much as he as he has done, um, and also that our defence has shows all the hallmarks of, of underinvestment. I think that. Um my the faith that I had in Fazio about a week ago has been sort of has been dented a little bit by what happened on Saturday because he was um he was roasted by a Bon the He was and, and also what we've always said is that he's someone that you want against a physical opponent, but then you put him up against a physical opponent in Bentake and he gets beaten to the flight of the ball, which was I don't know, it's just it's very disheartening to see. Um and I don't know whether that's a coaching problem or a personnel problem or a little bit of both, but either way, it's got to change. It's got to improve. Um, So if I had to make a criticism, then it's probably that. Shall
2: we... uh... Can we right, stop thinking thing, about it? The, other, the other thing, i make a serious point other than playing music out is... um the, the, right, his, quick, his, so, you,
1: fucking play something now, mate.
2: Quick. <laughs> his, his, um, his substitutions are um, uh, questionable at times. Um, there's been a few occasions where they've actually worked and where you've raised questions over them and you've wondered, oh, what's happening here? And there's other times in which they've 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 been really odd like um, the one that I always come back to just because I think it's the one that's traumatised me the most is when he managed to take off um, Soldado or Kane I think it was Soldado he took off Soldado and, and Townsend off against um, Burnley away in the cup and left himself in midfield with Dembele and Paulinho, as we all know, who are the axis of evil and should never be seen in the same midfield band together for, mm-hmm. for as long as time remains. Um, but he did, and we, we lost grip of the game from then on. And it's little things like that that, you know, if, if I can see him, if you can see him, if we know that these are things that should be avoided, hopefully he, he would have picked up on them too. And obviously, I completely agree with the sentiment behind him of him having overachieved Um I don't think it's too soon to have said so. I think hopefully there's a there's a stronger end to this season to than than what we've been presented thus far. Um but at the same time, given the, the sort of trajectory of, of the club and, and how the players have reacted, it's almost a, a mini Bielsa situation with their fitness levels. It's the first time they've been asked to to run and perform to this level as much. Um Southampton fans aren't really surprised to have seen us tail off in this manner because they've done similar. Um with Sherwood specifically as well, he he did get the better of Pottinger last season as well, so there is perhaps something on some level there where he's where he understands what is needed against that sort of side. Um, so there is there is things for him as well as the squad to work on, and to have come as far as we have at, at this point, I think that is a, a massive positive. But there is no need to say that. The work is completely done. I think that would be going over the other yeah. the other side of it a bit too much and just to to be realistic in your assessment and to say the work done to this point is fantastic, but to carry on at the same rate and to improve at the same rate is is still something that is needed quite dramatically and if the if the transfer window is to be as as positive as we can then um then that would be fantastic as well because we need to to back this manager and 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 back the the infrastructure that's there at the club because we know the biggest mistake that we've made in this in this enoch time period and this era they've had at the club is to just repeatedly rip up the the blueprints of what they've started and, and try again too much and we we have to avoid that at all costs
1: yeah i agree. I, uh, I don't normally want to give air time to such things but i feel it's just important to take you through the timeline of a uh, of an account that started following and interacting with me um shortly after the defeat on twitter um it's it, it, the twitter handle is at m pochettino but he spelt pochettino p-o-c-h-e-t-i-n-n-o um, and there's like a crude Photoshop of a clown with Pochettino's face on it.
3: Does sound um, very but, witty, just by the way you're describing uh, it.
1: Well, wait until you hear some of these golden nuggets um, of just brilliance. Basically, um, his the first tweet on the timeline is uh, "new to uh, Twitter, uh, fuck you, Sherwood." Okay, well, I kind <clears> of <throat> agree with that sentiment. Um, the second tweet. On his timeline is, I love Lamella. I love his bargain price. I love Lamella. I'll let him shag my wife, which is kind of doesn't make sense on several levels. Quite a neat. That's one off your timeline. Of time he's, he's stolen that one off he's you. He's plagiarising me, the bastard. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Um, to trump uh, <laughs> gold, right there. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, come on, right? So I get the hashtag numbers, bro. Um, <laughs> oh, dear God. Just, just put a bullet in my head. Um, No, uh, for a warm down, I am making the lads jog from John O'Groats to Land's End twice. That's that's great. uh, Here's another one. My new tactics are ZW zero width.
3: I don't. Uh, That's that's lost me that one. Maybe it's just
1: training today. I'm going to try Ericsson at centre back today. Fazio has the pace to be a natural left winger. Mm. My tactics for Burnley away was spot on. Bore everybody shitless, worked a treat. So you should check that one out, listeners. It's, uh, it's comedy gold.
3: Yeah, that'll be in all of our follow Fridays. That'll be... Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, he should be worried out of the 80 pe- the the 40 people that he's followed, sorry, that you're one of them that he thought would be an appropriate... I don't know. Um, target, please. For...
1: Do you know what I'm saying? Like social clout, mate. That's what. That's what I take it.
3: That's you know what, I, that's you what, what I, if and it's... I?
1: It's worked. I've just pu- just publicised the bastard. You may have five
3: thousand followers by morning.
1: Will do. That's the power of the trunk, mate. That's the power, <laughs> that's the power right there. Um, shall we? Let's 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 cheer this up now, Tim Sherwood. Hats off to you. You're a horrible gilet-wearing bastard, but... No, he
2: wore a coat, not a gilet. He got very upset about that. Yeah,
1: that's true. But you came, we we were horrible to you, rightly so. You were horrible to us, but whatever. You know, in this big game of chess, that is life. You know, you took our pawn on this occasion. Just remember that, though, Tim. It was a pawn, right? (laughs) We still... We still get the king, yeah? All right? Even though tired a few years ago i wasn't making a ledley king joke fuck that edit that bit out now baines um anyway let's move on newcastle um we're speaking to old friends of the show taylor and Bessie. but i believe there's only one of them i can't remember which one it is but they're both bastards it's taylor there we go taylor
2: (laughs) (laughs) welcome back to the show but you're one of our most frequent guest. I don't know what that says about your and how you spend your times and your evenings. That you're your available to us whenever we ask, but we're, we're very grateful.
4: That's it. I'm, I lead a very sheltered life. I don't get out much, so you know I can come on your podcast whenever you need me to. But not a problem. Yeah. always was all this
2: talk of boycotts that you weren't going to come on and speak to? Is it? that's not what you were planning, was it? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Hashtag boycott Spurs podcasts. Yeah. Um no well you know yeah I'm sure we'll get into that as we go through but no happy to help the hell out you know I've uh, this is I think is this the third or the fourth time I've been uh, on at the that, very or? least
2: uh, twice a season so yeah getting a feel for it so you, you know what we're about we've we've yeah. spoken about characters and things in the past but I, we should probably start with football this time around and uh
4: why not?
2: <laughs> I, don't, I we, we usually get to laugh at Pardew, but he's not there anymore. So we we laugh at John Carver instead. now uh, What about the old the old situation with with Pardew leaving? You, I mean, I imagine you were happy at the time that he went, but <laughs> now at present it doesn't look like a happier place, given he's he's gone to Paris well, and done reasonably well.
4: Yeah, I think the thing that a lot of people forget about Alan Pardew is is the the four years that he was here. I mean, we watch him week in week out. You know, we know exactly what he's like, what he's capable of. And his record across those four years was pretty pathetic, to be honest. Okay, we finished fifth one season, um, we uh, we finished ninth another season, but the standard of football he was playing, the way we were playing, the uh, the overall kind of record that he had when he left was was absolutely shocking. And I think a lot of people have forgotten that, you know, over the last few weeks. There's been a lot of uh, rewriting of history since he's gone to Palace, and and it's you know it turns out he's done quite a good job with them. But classically, Pardew's career has gone from small peaks to sort of massive troughs. And and that's followed him everywhere he's went, you know. So, um, you know, I'm just going to sit back in my easy chair and wait for him to drop the ball again. But he will, you know, at some point he will. But what, what's happened is we've been left with a man who's completely out of his depth, um, John Carver, uh, who, you know, bless him, he's, he's been around the club for a long time. He was there when Sir Bobby Robson was there. He knows the club inside out, but that doesn't mean he's good enough to be in charge of Newcastle United, I'm afraid. It's just one of those
2: things. With Pardew and with his record and things, I imagine for most outsiders looking in, people rarely, when they're presented with the facts, and I've I've learnt this now, having had Redknapp and people tell us from the outside that, oh, why were you so happy when Redknapp left? And then the same again with Sherwood, if not worse, given that he did half of his own press work himself. Um, with his yeah. own uh, self-aggrandising ways. Uh, I, learnt, yeah. I I learnt that, you know, as a, as a fan of a club, perhaps the way in which you feel about the people who are representing you at the football club is a little bit more important than the media's perception of perhaps how well they're doing in the job. Yeah. And that seems to be a mirror yeah. of how Pardew has felt at, at Newcastle, because I've, I've never met yeah. a Newcastle fan that really has a nice word to say about him. Whereas if you sit down with the, you know the raw, hard facts, he... He seems to have done sort of a middling job there, not very impressive at all.
4: No, I, I think that the thing is, it feels like every week I have to explain to somebody um, about about Pardew and about Newcastle, exactly. and, and it's always somebody, it's always somebody who only watches your team twice a year It <laughs> seems to think they they're allowed to have an opinion on it and that they're allowed to be able to tell you what you're doing is wrong um, when they watch your team twice a year, which is when their team play. So the the people get this thing in their heads where they go, Oh, them deluded Geordie's the, the hounded the manager out uh, this and that, you know, we had to put up with his shit for, for the best part of three and a half, four years. You know, we, we saw it every week. So, you know, when people come to you and say, Oh, you know, you don't know what you've got, let's go on and all that. Yes, he's doing well now, but we saw how bad he can be at his worst, you know? And I don't ever want to go back to that. And I mean, John Carver is not an improvement by any standard. He's, he's actually worse if that's possible Um but we, we hold our breath and we hope the next guy who comes in, if it's another guy, because the most Newcastle United thing that happened would be that John Carver gets that job full-time. Um, yeah. But we hold our breath that the next guy comes in and, and he's somebody who knows what he's doing, you know?
2: John Carver, though, I, you, you said bless him earlier, and that's how I feel. I feel quite sorry for him because I don't think he... I mean, perhaps he does want the job, but perhaps it's not his fault that he's in the job, though, is it?
4: Yeah, but, I mean... And i i do i do in a way i feel a little bit sorry for him because it's kind of somebody said to me the other day it's like it's like making your nine year old kid do the GCSEs when they're nine. <laughs> it's like you know it's not it's not fair it's not fair because he hasn't he's not up to it, it it's not his you know he's not good enough um yeah you know, it, it but that said anybody with half a brain could look at our team and Put the the players in the right positions and pick a formation, and could could get that could get that team playing better than what they are at the minute. I genuinely believe that. I believe that I could probably get that team playing than what they are better than what they are at the moment because there's just nothing there. The, he's got them running around like headless chickens. He's playing centre midfielders at left back. He's playing bloody Jonas Gutierrez in the middle of midfield. He's you know honestly. I shake my head. I, I really do. I watch him and I just think, what are you saying that that way or not? Because there's not there's something not right here, you know.
2: Get you send a uh, a few more swear words and that rant and a YouTube channel. You could have yourself a rival to the true Geordie going on.
4: Oh yes, the true Geordie, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well you see I'm not I'm not I'm not a true Geordie, so oh. I, I think I'm I'm somewhat beneath that. So um It's, uh, yeah, the true Jordy. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's good. He's blocked me on Twitter. I've never (laughs) mentioned him before. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I've never. Well, I can't even. He ask occasionally, me, can I? So occasionally he just, pops
2: up in my timeline where he does. He's he's got an healthily large following for a man who just sits and swears at his computer on a weekly basis. But he, he yeah, <laughs> saying that yeah. I reflect on the podcast that we put out, and perhaps yeah. you, one shouldn't throw stones
4: when sat in glass houses. But um, yeah, he's, um, yeah, I know. I he's, think he's really popular. It, he is, and I can't knock him for that. You know. I, I I know a couple of people who know him, and um, and I said to them, you know, is it is it a character? <laughs> like, is it an act? Like, is it some? Is it you know, like, is it someone really clever who's went, I'm going to make this character up, uh, and and he's going to be a shouty, sweary, Jordy who shouts down the camera, and and it's not. That's just the way he is. So yeah, so nah, fair play. I mean, let him get let him crack on and get stuck in. You know, I I I mean. The the one thing that I worry about is that people see it and go, "Well, that's what Newcastle fans are like," <laughs> because we're not, you know. It's, Between it's, that and Jordy
2: Shaw, they've got uh, Newcastle summed up. Oh,
4: fucking yeah! Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. That's we all look like that, though. <laughs> you know that is that is completely right. I'm standing here now, sort of tweezing me eyebrows and putting me fake tan on. I can only you know? I can, that, that is exactly, I can only
2: picture you and Besty <laughs> getting ready before a night out in that fashion.
4: Yeah. I just just I just gent- gently gently combing his back oh, That's lovely. What I do for him.
2: As as he as he looks in the mirror looking like the lead singer from Doves.
4: He does look like <laughs> Jimmy Goodwin a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. We we went to Glastonbury years ago, you know. We went to Glastonbury years ago. I know I'm taking up your no, tiny go ahead. Shit go stories, ahead. but never mind. No, go ahead. Go ahead. We we went to Glastonbury years ago and we we're walking round, it must have been two o'clock in the morning, and somebody came up, the best he went, Oh mate. Honestly, loved your set the day, mate. Loved that you were brilliant. And Bestie was like, what? <laughs> and he went, I loved, I loved your set. It was amazing. It was so, so good. I really enjoyed it. And Bestie was like, who am I? And he was, <laughs> the guy was like, nah, man, don't be daft. You know who you are. You're fine. You know, nice one, mate. And Bestie was like, nah, fuck, seriously, who am I? Like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? This kid had him pegged. We we got it down to either Jimmy Goodwin out of Doves or the singer out of The Thrills um, or Brian oh, Blessed. Brian Blessed. But I'm, I'm oh, Brian. Pretty sure he wasn't doing a set of glasses. Was it yet. not? Ralph yeah, so, Harris was on. Yeah,
2: Ralph Harris was on, yeah. I've got a, list, I've got a, a yeah. list here in front of me of the running order. Admittedly, I don't write it. Seb does. One of them, uh, I'm not entirely sure what it means, but I'm going to ask it you anyway, and hopefully you do. It Come says on. the the bullet point... Is financial results theories as to the missing money and then twenty million in brackets, and I can only imagine that this is yeah, something yeah. to do with Mike Ashley and Rangers and whatever the hell's going on in that
4: particular transaction. What What happened is people have eagerly awaited our our accounts coming out this year. You know, in in, in the way that that people who think they know what they're talking about tend to do. Um, and they, everybody waited and waited. And the, anyone who, who was some sort of an expert on these things was saying Newcastle are going to post profits of 30 to 40 million pounds um, in that area once they'd looked at the transfer fees and they'd looked at our kind of revenue from last year and the running costs and all that. And they kind of guesstimated how much it was going to work out. I hate that word, guesstimated. I don't know why I said that. Um, and they looked through it all and and then they announced it and it was 18 million pounds. And then they looked at the running costs, and the running costs for this, well, last financial year were £25 million more than they were for the year before. So something wasn't adding up, you know? Um, something wasn't adding up. And as yet, he still hasn't released the full account, so you can't go through it and find out. I mean, the the fanzine that I write for, True Faith, they do a heavily in-depth piece about the accounts, and it, it, it runs across two or three issues of the magazine, you know? Um, and they're going to have people looking at it who are, who are qualified accountants and stuff like that to, to go into it in detail to find out where all this money's going. But at the minute, he hasn't released the account, so he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to release them yet. He'd probably he'd get a fine, but I think the fine's something tiny like 150 quid. So to him, it's nothing, is it, you know? So I don't know. So there's People are, people are it's saying these...
2: Awesome a shirts, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's
4: just... Basically, one sort of—he's just paid for a massive pool party where he's just filled his swimming pool full of jelly. Basically, that's what he's done, uh, and he's written it off as as Newcastle <laughs> expenses. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's—I—I I, I don't entirely trust the bloke. He's been proven to have lied to the fans before in the past, so there's no reason why he wouldn't do it again. You know.
2: As well as as well as Ashley and and Rangers, what exactly is happening in that in that entire deal? Then is he the owner of Rangers? Is he some sort of lunch yak? Is he what's because Derek Lambias is there as well now?
4: Yeah, Derek Derek Lambias is his man on the board. You know, it's his it's his man keeping an eye on things. Yeah, you've got you've got a few people involved at Rangers. I don't know the intricacies of the whole thing, so I don't want to guess and get it wrong. But as far as I'm aware, Ashley kind of owns the retail element of Rangers Football Club in the same way that he owns the retail element in Newcastle United. Um, the only difference being he doesn't actually own... He owns a certain amount of shares, but he can't own more than a certain percentage. Um, and with the Rangers thing, he's lent them money. So he's given them a loan of £10 million. Um, and he's lent them a load of our players as well. So that's, <laughs> And we have a threadbare enough squad as it is, you know? So... uh it's it's a funny situation up there, but the Rangers fans really don't seem to like them, um, you know. And I can I can get on board with that. I, I think they're uh, they're showing us how it should be done, you know, with the the protests and stuff that they've had.
2: There was that David Conn article as well recently, in which he essentially just boiled down the club to now just being that you are essentially just collecting broadcast and commercial revenue and and not really challenging for everything, the suggestions that you you. Purposefully throwing cup competitions, and uh, Ashley wasn't happy that Partizan once attempted to get through into the Europa League group stages, and little things like that. So, is, what's that like to be like as a, as a fan to to watch your club just exist as as something to line Ashley's pockets rather than challenging or at least attempting to better itself? As, as that's the reason why we support our football clubs, isn't it? For for that for that slight hope that it may become something special.
4: It's it's a it's a really hard one to to watch because I mean. I've I've been a Newcastle fan for over twenty years now, you know. I went to went to the first my first game when I was ten. Um is this your version of the Alan Shearer advert? <laughs> yeah, I made that pie. Oh, I was driving that metro. Fucking terrible advert that <laughs> like, anyway. Um yeah, so I've been I've been in Newcastle for over twenty years and, and and it it's not it's not the club I love anymore, you know. It really isn't. It's it's not a part of the community. It's not a um it's not a centrepiece for the city anymore like it used to be. It's it's his own private uh advertising board, which he splatters his blue and red shite across um without the club benefiting from it in any way, shape or form. Um and this whole attitude of 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 kind of not wanting to not wanting to play strong teams in the cups and stuff like that. Now I know a lot of teams do it, and and Newcastle probably one of the few clubs who actually come out and say. Whereas there's other clubs who will do it but just don't say it. But it doesn't make it any easier as a, as a fan to, to see that. And the the Leicester game in the third round this year was was just disgusting. I was it's one of the few times when I've actually thought they threw that game. They actually put that team out to lose. And and I never ever want to think that about my football team. You know um it's it's sad and referring to that that david conn article that you referred to at the start there i mean it was a brilliant piece of writing and my the, the editor for the for the true faith michael martin was involved in it quite heavily he he was quoted in it quite a lot and what he says, right it's it's a zombie club you know it's a zombie club basically sleepwalking from from one season to another
0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. learn collecting,
4: collecting the collecting that 200 pounds when they pass go. Basically, that's what they're doing. Or they're 75 million pounds when they pass go, or whatever it is these days. So it's quite a challenging time for us and as fans. I think a lot of people are fed up with it now and. And you know, I've even heard people saying, you know, I'd rather be in the championship and and fighting in the top ten of the championship every season, than than just sitting in the middle of the Premier League for no and, and not having anything to, to to cheer for, you know, to shout for.
2: It's still all all this is happening. You're still not as bad as Sunderland, so there's there's some some silver linings for you, even though you have lost a lot, you've lost the last few derbies.
4: Yeah, you say that, but that's now seven games without beating them, so. I think there's there's a psychological thing there as well with the players when it comes to playing Sunderland. I, I just think it's funny how people like Moussa Sissoko and, and and people like that can can have absolutely blinding games against Chelsea, um, and then the next couple of weeks later they'll they'll play like absolute dog shit against the biggest the biggest rivals in in the biggest game in our calendar. Because whether you like it or not, you know that Sunderland game is literally all we have now. That's it. That's the biggest game of our season or the two biggest games of our seasons. And that's a really pathetic thing to say, you know. Um, and it just hammered, it hammered at home to me a couple of weeks ago when Man United came up. And that used to be the biggest game of the season for us, Man United at home. The atmosphere used to be amazing. And now, and it was so flat and it was just terrible. It was an awful game of football and, and we ended up losing. So it's, it's a shame, you know. We, but what can you do? You just have to wait until he goes given that Carver's only won two games since he was
2: made manager in the league um, Has he? Who, uh, yeah I hadn't, I hadn't
4: noticed that, Raj I thought, um, I thought he'd won all of them
2: <laughs> I, I thought that was a genuine f- question then I didn't mean honestly, to that. no, that's fine <laughs> yeah. um, I fell for that then Yeah, you that, did, that, didn't that, was, you? That, was, that was some fantastic acting Yeah, um, thanks, mate um, I blame Seb's running order for me bringing that up. That's um, fine, don't worry about it. It's his fault. Hey, those,
4: them's all the facts, mate. You can't do anything about the facts. that's, that's the that's, yeah. That's the truth, isn't it? You know, truth hurts.
2: Yeah. At least you didn't get Tim Sherwood. That's that's a main thing. Well, you, you've <laughs> dodged a you've dodged a massive cunt chip bullet there. So you've, yeah, you've done all right. Um, yes. But talking about other managers at your club, who would who would your preference be for the next morning? Because there've been talks about this. The, uh, a guy from France who's on a year out or something at the moment. Yeah, been up there and a guy from Germany as well, Touchele.
4: Yeah, it looks like Touchele's gone to Hamburg now. Anyway, I think he's I think he's agreed a deal with Hamburg to take over next season. They're in they're in the shit as well. Hamburg. I'm 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 a bit of a fan of German football, um, so I follow that quite closely because I'm a horrible hipster twat. Um, <laughs> but uh, Touchele, yeah, no, I think he's gone now. The other one was um, was Remy God um, from. Leon uh, and he's he left Leon and he's had a year out and apparently he's a very good coach Uh, but uh, who knows I mean like I said before the most Newcastle thing that could happen is that John Carver gets it but I'm my in my head I'm I'm almost certain now if Steve McLaren doesn't get Derby into the Premier League I think it could be him
2: why why would you say that
4: the Steve McLaren thing is because there's already a link between him and Newcastle. He's, he already has a relationship with Newcastle um, and, and, uh, and he said Alan Carr there. Bloody hell, he's the comedian, isn't he? It's Graham Carr. It's actually, you know Alan Carr, the comedian?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm well aware, yeah. Graham
4: Carr is his dad, right? And he's our, he's our head, head scout. Um, yeah. But he has a relationship with McLaren, apparently. Apparently they're quite on quite good terms. and, and Graham ben, Carr does or Alan Carr does. It'll pops probably both, to be honest. If, if, uh, if Graham Carr does, I'd imagine his son does as well. Um, but I don't think his son goes out scouting many football games, though. From what I've, from what I know. Uh, um, yeah, so so Steve McLaren and Graham Carr have quite a good relationship. Apparently, they're quite pally. and, and Steve McLaren and Ashley apparently have a bit of a relationship. So there's there's already a, a link between McLaren and Newcastle, and I've had it sent to me on a couple of occasions by different people who, who you know, kind of. Hear things on the grapevine who know journalists and who know people who work at the club and stuff like that and and Mclaren's name is one that they are definitely looking at um I mean I don't know about mclaren he's meant to be a very good coach, but you know he he had he's, he's had his chance a couple of times and and he's balls it up, so it looks like he's going to he did all right
2: we did all right with borrowed oh, didn't
4: he, yeah. Yeah, he did all right. They won the league cup or something with him, didn't they? It was something like yeah. that. Um, but he he, he wasn't a very good England manager, let's be honest. Um, and and now he's it looks like he might be ballsing up Derby's uh, promotion attempt um, when they looked firm favourites early on in the season. They were flying. So I don't know. It's a funny one, McLaren, isn't it? I'm, I'll take him as long as he cuts off that stupid little bit of fucking hair that he has at the front of his head that doesn't join up with the rest because you can't I'm sorry like but you cannot be Newcastle United manager if you've got a shit haircut it just does well John Carver's managed it I suppose but
2: uh, you know yeah John Carver's does look like a proper four pound in a barber's job doesn't it
4: John Carver's a council what we call a council cut a special yeah it's it's a dinner time special it's when you've only got 20 minutes to get your hair cut you get, you get one of them basically so
2: I don't want to pick on John Carver too much because like I, I, I do feel sorry for
4: him I want to pick on him because he's fucking useless <laughs>
2: Would you still have him around the club then at the end of the year? Would you still put, put him back in the backroom staff once
4: he's done having his time as manager? No. <laughs> you just get rid of him? I would get rid of him. I'd get rid of the lot, actually. Him, Woodman, uh, Steve Stone, the whole lot. They, 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 they're part of the problem, you know. They're not the solution. So if, if for instance, somebody like Remy God was to come in, I'd want Remy Gard to bring in all of his own people Um and 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 just completely flush the whole lot out, but that's not likely to happen because that would that would mean Mike Ashley would have to finish contracts early and he'd have to pay out. Um, you know, to the to the guys who I mean, John Carver's got another six years on his deal at Newcastle. Six years, man. Uh, why does he give them these ridiculously long contracts? Because he's a fucking idiot. That's why he's a complete tossbag. But it's just it's his way of doing things. You know, he's he's impulsive like that. He did it with Pardew. Um, he did it with a load of young players as well, people like Harris Vukic. Who there
2: was a suggestion in that David Conn article as well that he bought the club on an impulse, wasn't there?
4: Yeah, well, the story I heard about it was that him and his mate, who who used to go to watch Tottenham together, um, they had a they had a deal that one of them would buy a football club if they lost a bet. Now, I don't know whether this is true or not, but it, it sounds very Ashley, you know? Um, yeah. But the version of it I heard was that he was going to buy Leeds and and when Leeds wasn't available, they when we bought Newcastle instead. Well, <laughs> so fucking, you know what I mean. However, mate, you don't just piss about with
2: stuff like that. Well,
4: to be honest, I, I live in Leeds, so Leeds
2: do pretty much get pissed about like that. To be honest, if if there's <laughs> one if there's one club in the country that has worse ownership yeah. structures and
4: more of a, a yeah. farce than Newcastle, you only have to come and look down. Well, yes, I, I, I suppose maybe Mike actually might have been the perfect fit for Leeds. You, you know, you never yeah. know. Um, but I just I think the the thing is he's realised now that he's onto a winner if he sticks with Newcastle and, and he milks that that Sky money because it's a ridiculous amount of cash now that they get for that for the TV rights, you know. Um, and he he's to a winner. He doesn't have to do anything. All he has to do is stay in the Premier League, and he does that by his bare minimum by buying as few players as possible, by turning around uh, loan deals and free signings and stuff like that, and enough to just scrape by. and And this is why my opinion is that if John Carver does anything um, apart from get us relegated this season then he'll get that job because that's all Ashley wants you know he just wants to stay up what do you make of
2: of Tottenham then we I think we've we've pretty much summed up Newcastle and the fact that you're not very happy with what's going on there but what what have you from an outsider's perceptive perspective even mid of mid of our Spurs have done this year because it is
4: from from our perspective we've done all right to be honest I've enjoyed I've enjoyed watching Spurs this season. I really have. I'll, 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 I've always kind of I think I've said this to you guys before. Where and probably some of your listeners might go, "What are you saying that for?" But um, but I've I, I you know I, I've always thought of Newcastle and Spurs as being kind of a, a roughly a similar sort of size clubs with decent sized grounds and good support and stuff like that and should be up there challenging and you guys are you know you're kind of pushing on and, and some of the players you're bringing through are the types of players I want us to sign you know but we don't so it's it, as a, as an outsider looking at Spurs with a slightly sort of green eye I suppose because you know alright you, well, you've you got your plans for your new stadium and stuff as well haven't you so you, you know Spurs are doing alright and I like Pochettino I think he's a really good manager he seems like a sound bloke as well I like the fact that he didn't speak English and then suddenly he just went ah fooled you all I speak English now. I think he he
2: actually did speak English, and he was doing on the Southampton training ground. He just refused to to the English press because he didn't want to give them, did not want to give them any excuse of um of just you know misquoting him and and you know running away with him. And so,
4: ah right, yeah, yeah. I just I love the th- I love the idea that he just was like no 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 speak English no, and then one day he just went ah fuck all he is I do. <laughs> suck on that <laughs> but no that's obviously not the case fair enough I like him I like him a lot I'm going to have to ask
2: you about Harry Kane as well because I know you're a big fan um, <laughs> he, was a, he, was, he, was, he was a bit of an inside joke at the start of the season for Spurs but um, he's, he's turned it around he's, he's oh, absolutely he's, fantastic
4: nah, now he's I, know, I know I took the piss quite a bit at the start of the season I took the I, I had a bit of back and forth with you guys as well on Twitter and stuff like that about him um, and no, nah, you, you know you have to hold your hands up with the lad he's He's been brilliant this season. He's been stunning. Um, he reminds me a lot of Alan Shearer, where, um, if I'm going to relate it to something that I know about. Um, he, you know, that power that sort of popping up in the right place in the box all the time and just being on the Johnny on the spot when he's needed and, and he seems to be able to, to drop deep and pick the ball up and beat people and he's strong and he's good in the air and he's just a complete striker, isn't he? Um, and now he's playing for England and scoring goals for them as well. So, you know... Best of luck to him. I, I think he's a great talent. I think he'll do really well. Um, you just want to hope you can keep a hold of him. You know that's the thing.
2: Yeah, that's as is always the way with Spurs. If we can keep all of our best talent, that's always the question. But if I uh, just to end, ask you for a, uh, a score. Sorry, I was just
4: going to say it's ten past eight now, and, and there's a, every chance Liverpool will be about four 0 up. So cause we're <laughs> playing Liverpool, tonight, yeah. So. I,
2: I'll I'll let you get off and, and enjoy your uh, John Carver's um, masterstroke his finest hour. Well, I'll, at Liverpool. yeah,
4: I'll the Spurs game on on Saturday was it Saturday this week the Spurs? yeah it's Sunday the Spurs game on Sunday Sunday yeah, I'll Sunday, not be there yeah. um, I'm I'm taking part in this 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 boycott action.
2: Yeah, I didn't ask you about that. If you want to tell us about the boycott first, yeah, and then, I, um, I think
4: what's happened is basically it, everything that's been going on over the last couple of years with Newcastle and with Ashley has just come to a head. And after that last Derby defeat, because of the, the completely spineless and cowardly performance that we put on, I think a lot of people got exceptionally pissed off with it. And and then a few supporters groups have kind of kicked up and said, look, we're not having this anymore, so we need to make a point to say that we're not happy with the way the club's being run. Um, and the only way we can do that really is by is by not turning up. Um, so we're not going to go. Uh, there's a lot of us are not going to go, and we're going to meet in Leesers Park before the game um and and there'll there'll be a few of us there so hopefully it's to make a point on on telly because the game's obviously on sky um and it's to make a point and say look you can't piss us about because we'll this is what this is what will happen and it's it's not the be all and end all the boycott isn't the only thing that that is going to happen there's going to be more uh planned uh protest stuff going on across the the rest of the season no doubt through the summer um and I think people are just at the end of that tether now, you know, we've, we've, we've been beaten down for so long that eventually you've got to kick back, haven't you? What's the goal? What, the ultimate aim? Yep. The ultimate aim is to, is to, to force Mike Ashley to, to sell up, you know? Um, the, the, the caveat coming with that is that if there isn't a buyer, all oh, Liverpool have gone one nil up, I've just got a little flash on my phone there, Never mind. Um, the, the. the the caveat to that is, is if there isn't a buyer coming in, then there's nobody to take it off him. And he, and he won't go unless he gets his money back. Um, but I think the ultimate goal to start with, I think the goals are going to change as we move, but the ultimate goal to start with is just to make him feel as uncomfortable as possible. Um, and if we do that by there being 10,000 people less in the stadium on Sunday, then that's the, that's the first point, for, the first port of call for us. You know, we do that first and then we move on and we do other things. Um, but it's it's got to the point now where people like myself. I mean, I won't spend another penny on Newcastle United until he's gone. Now I've I've, I've said that a couple of well, I said that after the Sunderland game. I made I made a, a point of saying I'll not spend any more money on the club. I'll not buy any more tickets for matches. I'm not going to buy any any of his stupid fucking sportswear out of his shop. Um, which I didn't anyway. But you know, i um, will not I'm not spending any more money on on. On him, on his Newcastle United until he's gone, you know, so once he's gone, we'll see what happens and i'll I'll no doubt go back um but I think there's a lot of mags are in the same position now where they're getting very pissed off about a sports team which doesn't have any sport and endeavor uh right. and just exists purely to 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 advertise his business and and for him to to bring the money in from the Premier League, you know so i you know I, know, I know people over the years have called us kind of knee-jerk and stuff like that, but this has been coming for a long time. Uh, this isn't something which has been decided on lightly. You know, this is something which we've really, it's took a lot to get us to this point. Um, and, and luckily it looks as though everybody's unified in it as well. Because we've had the problems in the past where we've had different factions of of fans, and this supporters group don't get on with this one, and he doesn't like him from that one, and stuff like that. But this time, it looks like everybody's got getting behind it. So hopefully, it'll prove a point, and it might lead on to other things. Is the, is the true yardie involved? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> if, there's a, if there's a camera, then then uh, then no doubt he'll be shouting into it somewhere. I, somebody somebody sent me a photo of him at the match with wearing a t shirt with his own face on it. I just thought, right, yeah, okay. It sounds like he'd probably get on with my
2: Ashley, to be honest. Imagine Sports Direct to be stocking True Jordy t-shirts if uh, if they could get a decent markup on them. But, very, um,
4: very possibly. I'm going to start my own YouTube channel up called the Un- the Untrue Geordie and and just sit and talk really meekly in the camera and just kind of <laughs> cr- just cry every now and then, you know, and and because he's all about the manliness and and he, you know he's into he's. Boxing and all that sort of stuff, and grrr, he's got a big beard and that. And I'm probably the complete polar opposite of that. And I just sort of stand there with me like indie haircut, like looking into the camera. Every, yeah. Every so often, a single saline tear just running down my cheek. <laughs> I don't. Can, I don't think I'll get as many viewers as him. Uh,
2: well, you, well, you talk as if you're not. You're not going to put yourself in front of a camera, but you are making a
4: documentary.
2: So, um, I am. What, yes, how, how how are, is, yes. How is
4: that going? It's going very well. Yeah, it's going very well indeed. We're doing it. We're making a film called Looking for Number 5 and it's all about the uh, it's all about the the team we had in 1996 97 um, and basically speaking to those guys about the club and 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 that's one side of it and the other side of it is is following us to to track down one of our heroes which is a guy called Philippe Albert, who's a Belgian footballer who used to play for Newcastle in the in the mid 90s famous um, for the chip Famous for the chip, yeah, um, the chip against Man United in the five nil. So you know, um, I think we kind of started doing it because we wanted something joyous and something completely uncynical to to throw our energy into and our creative kind of spirit. Um, and it, it it seemed like a it seemed like a great idea when I'd had seven pints of uh, San Miguel, um, and then and then it just sort of rolled from there, you know. And we've got former players on board, and we've got. Uh, pundits on board, and we've got some. My pundits. pal's
2: uh, boy jump shipper doing some music as well. You've got some of their tracks on there. Sounding Indeed, good.
4: boy jump ship, jump, boy jump ship. Boys jump. If I remember, know how to pronounce the name of the band, it would be all right. Boy Jump Ship have said we can use any of their music, which is great because there's just few of them are big Newcastle fans. So, few of them are big Sunderland fans as well. So you've I done know. Well, there. well, this is the, the weird thing is the crew that we've got filming it. Two of them are Sunderland fans, so we've been going around talking to all these ex-Newcastle players, proper giddy as schoolchildren about the whole thing. And then you've just got two lads sitting there, all sort of biscuit arsed wondering what the hell's going on. You know, it's been great. It's been good fun. OK, uh, well,
2: I can only wish you the best with the protest and the documentary. And uh, Thanks if very you, much, yeah. If, uh, if you give us a, a scoreline prediction for the weekend before we go.
4: Um, take your pick, basically. Um, we won't score a goal, so it'll be 2-0 at Spurs, I would say. Excellent. Thanks very much for your time, Taylor. Not a problem, mate. Lovely to speak to you again.
1: <laughs> Thanks for that. It was Taylor, wasn't it? It was Taylor, yeah. Taylor and Bestie. It's not just someone with a weird name, is it? There's two of them, yeah? Taylor and Bestie. And you spoke to Taylor, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, I was pretty gutted to miss that one, but, you know, there you go. Raj, I'm sure you did uh, a sublime job as ever. Lovely lads, friends of the show. Even if you are a Spurs fan, which I'm hoping you are if you listen to this, um it'd be a bit weird if you're not. Follow him. Them a follow, they're, they're very good value on Twitter. Um, and that's what life's all about nowadays, Twitter, isn't it? Um, so we, we're, we're not going to talk about Newcastle, which can just devote the end of this podcast to, to bollocks, basically. Let's go to some listener questions. I'm not saying our listener questions are bollocks, they generally are, but you know, anyway. Um, we've had one like so, I'll, I'll give him a shout out. Gamma Jack. At GammaJack84 asks us, "Would Pritchard cut it in the Premiership?" Um, we've actually we have spoken about this at length before, Gamma. Um, so you should be listening. Basically, that's what I say to you, mate. So I'm not going
2: to. Uh, I yeah. used to have a mate. We used to call Gam.
1: Gam, right? Well, was because was gammy. Gammy's a northern word, isn't it? Gammy. Mm, yeah, but. Gammy, it's-
2: yeah, it's nasty, yeah, uh, uh, but he... Yeah, um, that's
1: like my mum would say, oh, is your is leg gone gammy or something if, yeah. like, you know, you get an infection or something. But his, uh,
2: his his surname was Ambler, and then we used to cleverly... It went to Gambler, and then it shortened to Gammy. There
1: we go. Shout out to Gammy. Um, uh-huh. Let's have a little look here. We've had one from Will at Colwell94. Um... Well, we've—I think we've kind of answered this in the uh, in the first half as well. To what extent does potcher's management style deserve some criticism for being unable to utilise so many players in the squad? I mean, in terms of like we we've probably not answered that directly, but for me, it seems to be just a, a recurrence of what was happening previously. It seems to be that there's there's a, there's a kind of blurred line between the players that didn't feature under Sherwood to the players that don't feature now, really. You've got Kapu. You've got, like, the bull who's kind of in and out of the squad. I can't really think of... Are there any, are there any other glaring omissions from that?
2: all Lennon. They'll I all be gone. No I mean, saying
1: you can appropriate Pochettino, really is
2: it no, but I think these are all I think the question is asking why aren 't these players that are in our squad not being used, and I think the fact that they have been ostracized is just a sign that the manager has made a decision now that they are not part of his future plans, so it is not in this time. Uh, beneficial for him to um, use them and and to use them within his experimentation. He has made his decision, and he's confident enough in that to just say, "You you know you train with us, you know you see out your contract until the summer, but then we will be doing everything within our power to get uh, as rid of you as fast as possible as we can."
1: We've had one from Stuart Fag at what well, at Stuart underscore Fag F A double G. Um, we haven't played the same team for god knows how long is there any wonder we've lost momentum that seems more of a statement than a question i'm going to be honest Stuart. but is there a, do you think there's any any truth to that
3: i don't really agree i think I, I yeah there there are some there are two or three differences here and there but i think the um the core of the side has been relatively stable um i don't i certainly don't think that the kind of the uh, the current sequence is is attributable to uh, just sort of chopping and changing because I think he um, I think he a, a, as we've talked about before, I think last week you know he he does clearly believe in the idea of a meritocracy, and I think he sees um, once players have got into his side, he's willing to keep them there until either you know they deselect themselves or someone displaces them um, Tanzan's quite a good example; he seems to have moved ahead of lamella. Um, and he's been given a few games in a row, despite the fact that he hasn't actually played that well. Um, he's been given a chance to kind of um, to to make that position his own. I expect him, he'll probably lose it on Saturday, but there you go. So I, I don't know. I don't. Um, I don't agree, and I also don't think that that it's really the sort of the main issue here. Sorry, Stuart.
1: Uh, Sammy Mills at Sammy Mills with a Z ninety six asks, "Where would you like to strengthen in the summer? I think we desperately need a defensive midfielder. The De young for me. Um, I think we, we again we have kind of spoken about this on previous podcast episodes. So just in summary, probably say striker defenders. Yeah, and,
3: I'd like some um, pace. An
1: upgrade, an upgrade on Mason."
3: Yeah, maybe, and De Jong's not a bad shout because I think he's out of contract in the summer. But I um, I don't think he's a priority because I, I think Mason is is fine for the time being. I, I really, yeah, yeah. really would quite like some some natural width. I want you know a right and a left sided player who can actually play on those sides and stay on their touchline. Not necessarily. Do
1: you make of sorry, no, mate, go. I was going to say, what do you make of Balassi? Because that's a name that a lot of people are calling for. But just to say very quickly, my friend, who's actually a Palace fan, isn't even convinced by him. I'm not convinced
3: honest. by Balassi. I I think he he has really good, really pronounced purple patches, but I I still think that when when he drives with the ball towards goal, he's not even sure what's going to happen next. I'm not sure he's, and also given given where he is in his career and given that he's. He's a, a Premier League player rather than someone from abroad, he cost a fortune. Um, it, it, I think it's
1: kinda of like, well, why bring in Bellasi when we've got a similar player in Townsend that is already bedded in yeah, the squad? And I, and I don't think he's really anything.
3: better than anything that we've got either. I don't I mean, he he's he's playing really well, you know, fair play to him, but uh is he is he worth the amount of money? Does he provide the, a, a significant upgrade on what exists already? And I, I don't think so.
2: I completely agree with that. I think he is a bit of a fart in the wind. In that you know, <laughs> you'll be able to smell him for a little bit, but once it's gone, it's gone.
3: Yeah, he's a kind of um, he's kind of Darren Huckabee type player, not stylistically, but in, in the kind of the place that he currently occupies.
2: Didn't Darren Huckabee once score the
3: greatest goal of all time against Man United? Mm. Yeah, yeah, he did. But then uh, I remember, um, I think it was, um, I think it was Gordon Strachan said um, that. Darren Huckabee is a scorer of great goals, but not a great goal scorer, and and that's kind of how I think about Balassi. Just he is a he's a he's a producer of of wonderful moments, but he isn't necessarily a wonderful player. Um, I saw a, I,
1: a decent little YouTube compilation which was pretty telling of him not long ago, um, where it was like kind of like one of these Yannick Balassi's best bits type compilations, whereby you see him do some like neat little tricks, skin a couple of players. And then just have no end product after that, yeah. you know. And that, that kind of is the sort of player he is, generally. I find anyway.
3: He's a lot of All fun. Times I've seen him, he, yeah. he's great to watch. He's he's really enjoyable, and he absolutely roasted us at the lane. Um, but I don't. Um, if you were to give me the choice between him and uh, Konoplyanka, it's Konoplyanka every day. And You've got a massive money. thing
2: for him, though. Oh, he's yeah, a oh, really,
3: really good player. Right. I really like him, and um, yeah, no, I would, uh, I'd be very happy if. if, if he's me... like
2: your version of what Ben Davies was for me last season.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Mine's a more exciting uh, obsession, though. Yeah,
2: don't say bad words about Ben Davies. I, oh,
3: you know, you know, I'm a Ben Davies fan. You know this. Don't, Get don't, rich. don't try and Seven. push me into now, the Danny right, Rose camp.
1: Who's <laughs> apparently been linked to Man City? Oh. I haven't seen anything, but people were having another meltdown about it on Twitter.
3: Yeah, I saw that.
2: Yeah, sell them to City for an inflated fee.
3: Yep, I agree. You know, can, can I can I um risk the wrath of Twitter by making a point about Danny Rose? People, people kind of with fullbacks, I think it's really important to separate what they do with the ball and what they do without it. And Danny wrote Danny Rose has improved as a defender, but there's little things that people just ignore about the way he plays and it's kind of it feeds into the argument that Raj literally has to make on a kind of semi-weekly basis about why Davis is is the fullback to persevere with if you look at if you look at the goal the Spurs concede on Saturday and yes Fazio is to blame and ultimately he's got to take responsibility for it but if you look at Danny Rose's positioning during that goal and during the build-up to it that's kind of the problem with him he doesn't have a feel for, for, for that position, for, for defensive play. He's a really good footballer and he, he does a, a lot of good going forward, but he's kind of just Benoît Cotti. Um so that yeah, I just wanted to rant about that.
1: Strong words, mate. Strong words. You're gonna I'm leaving you to face a repertoire with that Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably blessed be on the new side to be honest. Not he doesn't seem to still be that popular a player, really. I quite like him though. Met him, he was a nice lad. So. I
3: don't mind him. I just when did that, you meet him?
1: Uh when I went to like this open day thing well, a a pal of mine actually won one of those competitions to play at the lane kind of thing, and he could invite a few guests along. So I went and sat there and Danny Rose showed up. It was the season after he'd actually scored that amazing goal at, against Arsenal. The Raw, what a goal! One. Um, so yeah, just a you know, friendly, quiet Northern lad.
3: Yeah. It wasn't as
2: exciting a story as stories I hoped it would be to no, be it, wasn't. It, was all, it was all very
1: stock <laughs> answers in a kind of stale, you know, club tour environment of like, and here's Danny Rose, and oh, was he fast
2: to be there? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely, so it came out. That obviously our dealers as well, though, so that
2: was quite That's nice. Did you offer him your cup?
1: I didn't. I, I sort of said, uh, my dad really likes you. You're one of his favourite players. And he was like, cool. Um, I sort of just didn't really yeah, but how
2: do
3: you Yeah, re-
1: but re-
2: how do you respond to that? Though? What did you I don't know. I,
1: I, I, I froze. Right? Did, I, I was scared. I didn't know what to say. Did you expect
3: a hug or something for, for him to... i got think.
1: a picture of him in which I look exceptionally camp. I'll, I'll <laughs> maybe tweet it after. It's, it's really annoying because I haven't really been like, "Wait, hey, I've got this picture of me and Ozzy Ardiles, which is awesome because I'm proper teapot next to him. Um <laughs> But that's not a homophobic trope, is it? Perhaps it is. Sorry if it is. I didn't mean it to no, be. No, too late now, mate, I'm afraid. It's my Malky Maco moment, isn't it? <laughs> Malky who? Malky Mackay? Malky <laughs> Mackey? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't care. He's a cunt. Um, yeah, this
2: Malky Who? Mackie, I said. Malky no.
1: Mackie. Malky Mackay. Yeah. Alright, yeah, alright, babe. All right. Why'd right, right. you neck him? <laughs> <laughs> Mugging me off. Um in front of your friends? In front of my pals.
2: I haven't seen the football factory in years. I'm quite tempted to rewatch that. Just fantastic. It's, Nick Love is one of the worst filmmakers I think I've ever come across.
1: It's it's good fun in that it's completely shit.
2: Yeah, so it's it's that bit where like he's doing his garden with his lawn mower and that, and he just gets really mad and gets really happy because they've drawn Millwall and stuff like. That. It's it's yeah. one of those. It's so bad. It's it's not even so bad. It's good. It's just it's just really bad. I mean, it's not as bad as Green Street. Green Street is something even worse. It's I don't understand why they hate journalists so much. I mean, obviously.
0: Given so that random. given
2: our given our profession, that that's the thing. But I didn't realise the the football hooligan journalist hating thing was a was a thing that happened in real life, but apparently it is.
3: Do you know what think is quite a weird thing? The the casting of Elijah Wood was just They were just trying to sell the film, weren't they?
1: It was right to say Yedlin, wasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> 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 uh
2: uh,
3: it the US more, audience ma- is
2: halved again. Oh, There's more, more there, Bungani Kamalo. <laughs> and I'm safer in saying that because I don't believe we have a South African audience. No. Obviously. We've got a couple
3: of lads. I'm saying
1: that. Um, right, My so- only experience
2: of South Africa is the World Cup and that one lethal weapon where every time there was anyone bad from South Africa. Patsy Kenza in it, isn't it? Yeah, with the terrible accent. Yeah. Not right, blue. I'm,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to kill you now, eh?
2: Every time, every time that's on, my dad has to do the accent. It is shocking. <laughs> There's proper some really like terrible dialogue in that film as well. I swear, one of the white South Africans at one point as well genuinely says the line, "I hate the blacks," which just it begs belief. Really, if how's that's gone through the script editing? It's true to life from a lot of the South
1: Africans. Uh, again,
2: yeah, about 20 years ago.
1: <laughs> let's move away, let's move away from this one. Um, Sean Gormley, <laughs> this is a decent little segue now into our, our usual content as the season winds down. Sean Gormley at Sean. Oh, before Gormley you ask this, PMT. Jack, go on, go um,
2: ahead. did you realize, as I tweeted out the other day, that True Detective is airing while we're off? So, while the podcast is is otherwise uh, inactive where while the summer it, is running on. Uh, June, it starts in June, so it'll be June to July. There's only about eight episodes, I think. Um uh, maybe again, we can do a little special. Yeah, but I am going to be disappointed that it's not overlapping the season. We can announce
1: the marquee signing that we can talk about and then just talk about TV.
2: <laughs> what marquee signing are we going to make in the well, summer? Danny Ings. You know <laughs> that's you? a marquee be signing these it. days. Yeah, be it, right.
1: Like, we could know, call it the Danny Ings podcast, and then just talk about Colin Farrell his lovely handlebar mustache.
2: Have you seen the? Uh, what did you make of the 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 advert? I'm I genuinely the thing I'm looking forward to most is hopefully for one to sing, Vince Vaughn, act because he hasn't for the past fifteen years since like I remember watching like, Swingers for the first Swing, time. He's
1: exceptional in Swingers. And like, awesome. that's, one funny of, funny. that's
2: one of my favourite films.
1: Yes, yeah, it's brilliant.
2: And just that actor, I haven't seen... He's making films like Delivery Man and that shit one at Google. It's like, come on, man, I know you're making decent money, but just you used to be exciting, and did hopefully... You,
1: the, other, the other half of Swingers, did you see John Favreau's latest effort, Chef?
2: No, you know, I've not seen it yet, but he's, his career is slightly better than what Vince Vaughn's been.
1: You, you know, direct, he directs the Iron Man
3: films. He um, used to.
2: He did the first two.
3: That um that, that scene with Favreau in, in Swingers is one of the best scenes that's ever been written. When he, um, With the voicemail? Yeah, the voicemail scene. So good. It's so just brilliant. So it's absolutely brilliant.
2: I actually wrote about swingers because I think it's one of the most honest portrayal of male bonding and friendship that there's ever been on film. That 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 slightly just the fear of like failing and things like that. Because there is all that bravado and everything in Vince Vaughn's character, but the fact that John Favreau's character is so honest and he just (laughs) he's so so sad all of the time. It's so much more honest to what it is actually be like as a as a twenty something trying to make something of yourself, rather than you know um, as you see most of the time. Like if you if you watch swingers and then watch an episode of Entourage or even like the Entourage film, you sort of go, oh, here's he is reality and he is Hollywood porn.
1: Yeah. Um, Sean Gormley, Sean at Sean PG seventeen says with the Game of Thrones leak. Do you guys plan to watch all of them at once oh, good or question. still week by week? Good I question, can't watch the four and wait a month for more. Which, if, if anyone's unaware who, who listens to this, there's been some kind of a fuck-up in the HBO of... Try to start their own on-demand. No, 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 service. it's not that. It's is it um, not that. I thought they have gotten leaked.
2: No, um, from what I can tell by the very passive-aggressive HBO um, press release about this, is they've essentially done what they've always done and send out preview copies of several episodes to journalists and uh, websites and things, so that they can get their articles and things lined up well in advance of the episodes coming out, uh, so that God. you know the press privilege essentially like when when i get sent records or something and you're specifically told do not you know you've been given this link if we find out this individual link has gone elsewhere we'll know that you've leaked our album and it's like fair enough you you know you take you take that seriously because you don't want somebody to come down on you with the the power of a thousand lawyers
1: um, you know what, whoever gets if someone gets caught for that they are but they have they have the HBO,
2: hbo have essentially said in that press release um we've realized um one of the relationships we had with somebody or something like this where these has been you know the privilege has been um has been abused and uh, we'll be looking to this matter um in more in more detail over the coming days and and coming to a conclusion but it is essentially them saying we know how all this got out now and we'll be coming down and uh, and smashing the shit out of whoever we found oh, out has looked it.
3: Oh fun. mate, trial by combat, lovely.
2: Trial by combat. <laughs>
1: <regular
4: for you>. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good.
1: Uh, But yeah, are we gonna? I've watched two already.
3: That's that's um, a, that's. You can't say any more than that. Right,
2: I right. okay. I I I have three. Um, in the dodgy fashion that they have been released in. And um, I've got the first one in in proper 1080p. So I imagine I'll I'll probably sit and watch all four at some point Um, because um, the thing I fear and my excuse for doing so would be that I don't want to inadvertently see a spoiler for, say, episode four. I want to be ahead of the curve. And then once they're back onto being in their weekly schedule, I'll once again adhere to watching it on a weekly basis. But... When it's there, and you you know you you not know, it's not really your fault. You you just sort of you're going with it. It's you know there's no real lesser of two evils. It's just you know following the the crowd essentially. You you just you know you do it really.
3: I uh, as we all know on this podcast, I don't know how to obtain the first four <laughs> leaked episodes, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm just gonna watch it in proper sequence
2: tell you what we should do, Jack. We should, I think we most should...
1: of this is off-air, though, Seb. I don't think the, the, the listeners fully know about your... Yeah, uh, but
3: by the time Rod has edited this podcast, we know which bit of the off-air will actually be in the podcast. So. <laughs> um,
1: Seb struggles with technology.
3: Seb, Seb doesn't not... struggle with technology. Seb just feels the pressure of expectations whenever he has a technical responsibility within the pod. So,
2: we try and minimise that though. Essentially, you have two buttons to press. Yeah, but you, You've got you record. Because I hear the
3: panic in your voice every time I'm asked to do something. <laughs> like when we, when we were supposed to record that that interview with Musa, and I, and I offered to record it on my <laughs> voice recorder, and you just you went mental. You, you didn't
2: you, go mental. You absolutely
3: flipped out. You were having you having none of it. No no, no, Mate no. no.
1: Actually like, I'm I'm naked in bed, but I'm getting out of bed now I'm doing this. <laughs> and Jack,
3: Jack had spent <laughs> his entire morning not only teaching me how to use the voice recorder, um, but also to find and download it and then
1: I think I, I think I actually did a, 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 a Skype screen share, didn't I? And kind of pointed you through it.
3: And we we also had we we had a dummy conversation which we recorded, where we caught up after Rome and, and we you know, we talked about the Coliseum. That's still lovingly on my desktop (laughs) and it's never been used because no one trusts me. (laughs)
1: We can shoot on that in somewhere. Just you know, it's like I tell you what next a week, note on a refrigerator. Uh,
3: you know, shall we
2: for an experiment uh, next week, Seb? We will leave the entire no, 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 no,
1: that's
3: recording, idea.
2: recording, <laughs> editing the entire shebang, You can do it yourself, and if you do it faultlessly, then we will never mention <laughs> this again. But if we if we come to release the podcast and you you either fail to. Or it's done in such a poor fashion that it it sounds like it did originally when me and Jack were learning how to edit the podcast when we first did it on the job. Then um then then we'll be in for some words.
1: The only thing I will say though is that would probably then mean I'm in charge of the running order, which means we're fucked either way, so you know.
2: Yeah.
3: We'll see. The running order is difficult, if I'm honest. It's a it's a it's it's a test.
2: Yeah, going on who scored and pressing print screens there. It's equivalent of climbing Everest, isn't it?
1: Yeah. What's uh, in. I'm uh, just referring back to the running order, actually. I was quite interested to know. What's in the running order? I... Have
2: you not looked at it yet?
1: Well, uh, no, no. I, just, I was conscious that I haven't looked at it after the the, the break. Um, what's uh, What was Paddy Power's of for tweet this afternoon?
2: Have you not seen it?
1: No, I haven't.
2: Oh, let me, I'll read they're, they're, it. Oh, they're numerous I, I you in their I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it to you um, just uh, just straight, just to see what you make
1: of it. Um, oh, I'm on the spot here. Am I going to get called out for being... <clears throat> no.
2: Here we go. Uh, Paddy Power offers, at PP offers. Newcastle have suffered Mark cop, and that's cop spelt with, you know, a pun on the Liverpool stand. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll start again. Newcastle have suffered more cop beatings over the last 20 years than an unarmed African-American male. The stats, and then it provides a link.
3: Ooh,
1: yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know, that's not really cool, is it? Like, wow. Not even in the kind of like, I'm not just trying to be Twitter safe here. Like, I do, I'm, I, I try to embrace kind of fairly... Edgy humour, if I should say it, but that's just, that's tasteless, that's completely tasteless which is
2: what you'd expect from Paddy Power. Yeah, I, th- I quite think... on that level, though. I imagine they'll have sat around in their office for as long as possible, straining over how to make that tweet as offensive inside the character limit as possible. Because somebody's obviously come up with that that pun and then run with it and run with it as, as far as they can. And they've reached that because they, they trade on controversy. People with bet with yeah. them no matter what because the type of people that bet with them are, yeah. are the type of people that will ignore that type of thing. Um, and give them business regardless. Um, yeah. And trading on that controversy, controversy tr- uh, you know, trending and and being talked about in you know the national media as they are being. I'm um, surprised you've you've avoided this this story so far, Jack. But you know, it's um it, it's one of those things that you know they they don't see um, anything as 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 negative publicity. They they are very much embracing uh, getting their name out there as much as possible.
1: If you want to listen to any previous episodes of Rotherish the Rich Podcast, you can do so on iTunes or on a Spurs Statman website, which is found at spursstatman.com. Um, again, please get all of your articles into Steve Jen. That's at stevejen93, I believe. Yeah, I actually made a joke to him this week that I would remember his a handle. But yeah, tweet all your stuff at... Um, Steve, get in touch with him and you can submit some some articles, some decent stuff. It's good, it's good, it's a good time of year to be doing this now. You can reflect upon the season, you know, look ahead to the season coming up. Do you like Sherwood? Don't you like him? Were we harsh on him? Yeah, there's just some ideas to some articles, guys. Come on, like, you know, you can write some good stuff. Shut up, right? Um, so yeah, do that. <laughs> Follow the boss man, JP at Spursstatman. Follow us at RTRSSM. Um that's it. Have a lovely evening, day, morning, whatever. Come on your spurs.
3: Oh, what, what what stop recording? Fuck, 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 fuck. Oh!